And it's Wednesday night, and it's Simcha and Nisim. And Shmuel. And Shmuel. Shmuel done. So nice to have Nisim back. Baruch Hashem. Just temporary. Okay. Temporary. And listen, we we'll take yeah. what we can get. We take what we can get. Anyways, it's uh, it's it's our hour, and uh, the call-in number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And, you know, we had, uh, we had a discussion two weeks ago. Last week, I was, unfortunately, I was out. I wasn't feeling well. But, Chaz uh, Hashem, I'm back, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm back here. And uh, we had a discussion two weeks ago. It was like it ended off pretty and pretty pretty hot and heavy. And I wanted to reopen the discussion because Nisim's here and I think Nisim's going to have some very important oh, stuff to yeah. say. Well, we, no, I was, but I, I, today I also got, went very, very strong on certain items, certain things that happened to us. But before we have uh, our uh, our laser. Laser. Laser Diamond, how are you, Tzadik? It would not be a show if it didn't start with you. Sorry, because two weeks ago, my, my brother made chasna daughter, so I was... Really? Uh, it was better chasna. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. That's so nice. Where was the chasna? It wasn't like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, where? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It be only Simchas Mitzvah. I was, I was just finishing drumming. I was drumming. I usually take the... I usually drum a little bit of half hour, 45 is an hour. I drum my practice a lot. Uh-huh. I just finished. Very good, very good. No... You should always, always... About this week? What's that? What's the session about this week? You know what? I'm not quite sure. These parshas are so, are so unbelievable. There's so much to talk about in these parshas. This is... I know. Uh, I know. I, the, the, okay. this, the, the, this week's parsha is like, like jam-packed, but... I know. It's a lot of mitzvahs. Yeah, a lot, a lot of mitzvahs. A lot of masa of a simen labonim. So I, much I we can learn from our office. You want to tell me something? I'm sorry? Hello? I want to tell you something. I work in a bakery where I work. You know the Spanish people, they're very afraid of Mr. Trump because they, they say they're going to work. They're going away. January, they're going back to their country. Aye. If they keep the laws and they don't make everybody crazy, they're not going anywhere. Well, they're very scared. They, they, they're very scared. I have an, an intern who's from India. He thinks he's going back to India. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't That's think what so I, either. It's you know what? Uh, it's what talking about the, the political situation. Yeah, we're talking about Donald Trump sending people back. I, and you know what? Donald Trump is a smart man. He's a businessman. He knows. He knows that he needs these people here, and you know he's not going to do nothing about this. You know, it's in a certain. But 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 you're so right. And I'll tell you something. When you set a rule. Then the people that are let to be here feel like they are fortunate. Yes. When you let everybody in with all the all the the criminals, Palucious, yeah. Then you don't. Then so now he's gonna set. He set himself. He said, "I'm gonna pick and choose." He goes, "I'm not gonna send back, send away uh, uh, noble citizens." You know what? America built with from this um, uh, young immigrant people. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. So, uh, okay, we're going to take a call. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. How are this you? It's an amazing, amazing show. Thank you so I much. How are you? Show, and the, the way that we, we heard Donald Trump winning and what was going on in Israel, it was like you came home, we came home, it was like a downfall. But then again, we knew that 
Trump will bring back America the way it was, because only he can do it. Because he's the of Israel, and he will do it. God willing. It's good to hear your voice. Hope everything's good. How, how, how's everything by you? Hashem, good. We're on the yes. we're on the every air. Every day we have to thank Hashem. Hundred percent. Okay. Every minute, every minute. Oh yeah, okay. we can breathe, we can walk, we can talk. That's right. Everything is a miracle. That's right. Thanks we for calling. Granted, but you know what? It's a big, big, big chodesh coming, and it's a, it's a chodesh, and we have to take it like there's, there's a lot, a lot in this parsha, and a lot in this chodesh. That Nitzah Shem should be a good chaydish kislev, but nisim nisim. Okay, regards. Okay, take care. All the best. All the best. Bye. Hi, um, you're on the air. Yeah, I called two weeks ago. I said, "Does this boy like whatever he does? Whatever we do, he messes up." You said we should tell the rabbi we did. Yeah, that day maybe it wasn't good, so good, but then he didn't like stop doing what he kept doing. He just didn't do as much of it. See? Okay, so what do you think happened? What do you mean by that? Well, what do you think What do you think worked? He stopped doing as much. Maybe the right. Rebbe spoke to him. That's what worked. Maybe the Rebbe spoke to him. Right, the Rebbe did. I saw, because I told the See, Rebbe, but... I'm so proud of you. First of all... He's still going a little bit crazy. All right, so give it time. Not everything changes in one day. But first of all, I have to tell you, I have tremendous akars to for you for calling me up and telling me because I get very, I get a lot of enjoyment from hearing when something works out and begins to work out. And second of all, it gives an example, tells kids that it's an important thing to tell things to the Rebbeim because Rebbeim want to know, listen, these Rebbeim are there to help you. That's what they dedicate their lives for. They're Shavit Levi. They want to teach you. They want to bring you close to If there's somebody that's disturbing it, they want to know. They want to see. And thank you so much. I'm so happy. And it's going to get better. You watch. It'll get better more. And you know what? And you can say the the boy, a good words. Oh, it's beautiful that you behave like this. That's right. Tell him, you know, it's Kishmak. You're doing better. It's nice to have you. Tell him. All right. All right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, thanks for calling. You know, it's, 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 it's very interesting because you're so right, Nisim. People don't compliment. They just don't. They don't tell a kid he's doing well. It, it, they don't. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. You know something? You know something? You have, you have so many times. We have a call? Hi, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hi there. Hello. Hi. Hi. Move away from your radio. Hi. I have a question. Sure. Okay. I want to know, me and my friends, we just had a party, and one of our friends accidentally had a miscommunication and didn't get invited, and she feels really bad. How could we deal with it? Tell her that it was miscommunication, and tell her that, and convince her. There was miscommunication, and and I would tell her, you know what, we want to make it up to you. We want to take you out for dinner or something. Make do something and special. Take over pain, like even if she's starting to like, even if she's like starting to doubt her confidence now, and like her like her friends. Well, I think that I think that you need to listen. Mistakes happen. That happens all the time, 
And the way to rectify it, the way to fix it, is to convince the person it was a mistake. And you know something? It, it, mistakes happen. I once didn't get invited to a relative's chasana. It was retarded. I didn't get invited. The mistakes happen. The, 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 the invitation got lost and whatever, whatever. But, but you tell her, we want to make it up to you. We want to, we want to show you that we care. So we want to do something special. I think that okay, will fine. work. Thank you so much for your tip. I really appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure. And by the way, thank yeah. you for setting an example to everybody out there. So many people just forget about people. Thank you for setting an example that we can't forget about people. If we make mistakes, we should fix them and worry about it. That's a beautiful example. Thank you so much. You know, Thank so you. I, I'll, I'll send a message also to your friend, you know. Okay, you know, I send a message to the people that get insulted because just be melamed schut. Sometimes, you know, especially you have like when you have a party and you have some kind of wedding or anything. But you know what? You know, so messed up and, and you just, and you forget, sometimes you forget or sometimes it gets lost in the mail. But see, see, the thing is like this. That works, but still, I, I try that. But a person says, yeah, but it's always me. Or, yeah, I'm the one that, I was, I'm the one that was sitting home Picking my picking my nose when everybody else was at the party. It's but it, you know what? That's that's the thing that it's really happened. This is nature. You know, we are we. How many times? Let me ask you. How many times you forget things in the morning? You know, you come in the morning, you make a plan, you want to go to this to do this and that, and then suddenly you're jumping in. You get a phone call here, and you forgot, and you go this, and this is happened. It's really happened. But you, know, you know something? That's why it's so. Person has to really think to be medakdek bevenadam lahaviro. Because you know something, the Churban Bayit happened because somebody didn't invite somebody. Yeah. And it was... But you know what? You know what? That's why I think husbands and wives need to sit together when they make invitations. Because the husband says, no, I don't want to invite this guy. And the wife says, no, but you should invite, you should invite this guy. No, no, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about this, that, you know, just the choice, the choice, it's a choosing and choices. Sometimes happen things that really lost in the mail. Sometimes you just, you know, you're coming and you forgot to put the right name. This is why my shul, where Dawan Rabbi Sher, uses technology in a very important way. They get, before every chasna, you get a text. If you accidentally did not get the invitation, please be forgiven and consider this an official invitation to my child's that wedding. That's what we're doing also in our shuls. But sometimes still, you know, some uh, you know people expecting a, a little bit better. Okay, any, anyway. Some people that like to get insulted have, get yeah, insulted. Exactly. Uh, hello, you're on, Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Yes, I want to tell that's very good hotline. And then I want to tell that my whole family practiced me some. Okay. And also my whole class bullies me. Okay, you sound very upset about it. Okay. <coughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Um, three weeks ago, I called in. Um, I'm sorry. The, Could you speak up a drop? It's hard to hear you. I called. There, somebody was me in. Um, you said it really helped. It helped. I'm so happy. Do you remember? Can you tell me what I said? Um. They, Call a few friends on jobs. Get good jobs party. Please help me break down the bullying. Oh wow! Okay, I'm so happy. 
I'm so happy. Okay. So you made a Shabbos party and you, and you, and you invited some kids over and it, and it worked? Yes. Awesome. Candy always works. Okay, great, Sadiq. I'm so happy. That's a, that's, a, that's a very simple trick. This is a kid who was not being welcomed on the block. I said, make like the biggest Shabbos party that anybody ever had. No, and invite everybody over. And I'll tell you a story. I got a, a phone call one Friday night. I don't pick up my phone. Motza Eshav had to pick up the phone. And it's a 16-year-old kid. Says, Simcha Cohen, I'm on Avenue P. I'm going to throw myself on the train tracks if you don't call me back in 15 minutes. 15 minutes later, I'm listening to this on Mitzvah Shabbos. I'm going crazy. He calls back. He goes, why aren't you calling me back? Why aren't you calling me back? Then he calls back. He goes, wait. I forgot. It's Shabbos. All right. All right. Uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But Shabbat, I said, I got to find out where the kid is. I called him up. He told me, 16 years old, he didn't know what to do. He remembered a Rebbe when he was in fourth grade. It wasn't even his Rebbe, who lives in that area near the Avenue P Park, who invited him over this house for Shabbos party. And he remembered this Rebbe's house and he walked over to the Rebbe's house. And the Rebbe took him in and let him stay there by the night and gave him a Shabbos party, gave him Friday night shulun. And this Rebbe didn't even know he saved his life. But from a fourth grader, he remembered all those years later. You know, let me just, uh, you know, you, you just, you know, we today we had some, with the, uh, what do you call it, with Bal Shuvah show, and I, I, had, I had to talk my heart out about the, the education today, that many times, many times, we're doing so much mistakes, you know, teachers, you know, unfortunately, make mistakes, and basically can really kill the other person. And the other side, as you said, it's the, the opposite. You know, you're bringing, you're bringing back because one good sentence, a smile that this rabbi was showed to these kids, he remembered this, you know, it's That's remembered right. in, in his, in his, you know, and this is something that we have all to, all, to all, we have to think about it and really every single moment to think because these kids are, 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 are really, are really, are needed. They need it. They need it like air. It's not, it's, it's not possible. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, yeah, I have a driver. Okay. I have a bus driver. And he, and he's a Muslim. Okay. And I bring, uh, let's say, like a cheese sandwich. And the guy asks, is that, kosher? is that kosher? And it gets me real annoyed. And this guy, I don't know what's wrong with him. The guy goes, miles per an hour. So, I mean, sounds like he's a bad driver and he's a nosy body. I don't know what that has to do with him being a Muslim, but if you're nervous about something that he does, then I think anything to do with the bus, you should speak to your parents and have them speak. If he's just an annoying guy, then you know what? It's not the end of the world. I, I would say I would say that uh, take it a little bit as a joke and make you know 
Yeah, tell him, you know, it's not kosher. What do you care, you know? And, you know, make it like, uh, make, uh, turn, turn the table to him. And, you know, and I, I think that's, you know, we, we know so many people, Muslim and uh, non-Jewish, that are good, good people. And very, yeah, you, know, that's, that's you not, can't. You know what? I interviewed many people, and a lot of people that I interviewed were Muslim, and I have people working for me that are Muslim, and they're not Arabs. They tell me, I am not an Arab. I'm a Muslim. There's a big difference. I wouldn't pay attention to it. I just joke around. Some people are just annoying. Think about it. His, his job's a bus driver. How exciting could his life be? So he's got to joke around with the kid a little bit. All right? But we sit and we do everything that he says. And he's like, what, does he does he punish you? Oh, he tries to threaten us. All right, listen. Not that, not not the end of the world. If he does something inappropriate, then you have to tell somebody. Okay. 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 Take care. Bye. Thanks for calling. I'm good now, right now. Hello. Yes. Hello. How are you? Um, I I have a question for you. Okay. What do I do if I have a levy that hits me in school whenever he wants and I can't do anything about it? You have to tell you have to tell your parents, and he has to stop. Uh, if I tell him, he, he should stop or just smack me. No, you have to tell your parents, and he has to stop. It's against the law. He's not going to stop because he's rich, so he thinks he can do whatever he wants. It's against the law. It's it, against I the know, law. I told you. I told him that a lot of times. I'm not tell telling you to tell. I'm not telling. I'm not telling you to tell the Rebbe. I'm saying two entirely separate statements. You have to tell your parents. Period. New paragraph. Yeah. He has to stop. Period. I told you you can't stop him. He hit twelve breeders. Like okay. but me because I'm a like I'm sort of a wild kid, so he just hits me like. He sees me, let's say, if I do like, if I just said something like not even smart, he'll just smack me. I, I, I would, first of all, I can't imagine that he does it maliciously. I think he does it just because he, he, it's, it's his way, and I don't agree with it, but I think that he has to stop because he doesn't realize what he's doing. And he may be, so, next time, so next time when he hits me, do you have anything that I could tell him? You tell him, I know you don't. I, I know you don't think it bothers me because you're a good Rebbe, but it really bothers me, and I really need to ask you to stop. The next time when he hits me, I should just tell him it's not right against the wall. No, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell you to judge him because he won't react to that. You tell him, say, see, if you tell him it's against the law, then he's gonna he's gonna react to you. He's gonna be angry. You tell him. I know you don't realize it bothers me, and you think it's it's chaffering, but I'm different. It really bothers me, and I please stop. Don't do it anymore. I'm in I'm in ninth grade. I would tell him it really. I can't handle it. It bothers me. Please don't do it anymore. I get, I get very embarrassed when he hits me, but I, like I can't do anything about it. You, I, I, I think you, I think you could. I think you could approach him in a very calm way, and say, I'm asking you, please, don't do this. It really has a bad effect on me. 
I would say that uh, add one sentence, I wouldn't judge the Rebbe at all. No. I wouldn't put him on defensive at all. No, but you say that it's really, it's really something that bothers. No. But you tell the kid, you tell the Rebbe, you don't, you don't put the Rebbe in defensive because if he's a Rebbe that's hitting you, he's going to be very insecure and he's going to get angry. You tell him, he's going to say, well, I love you, I take care of you, I'm good to you, I, I, I'm your Rebbe, right? Yeah. That's what he'll say, right? You know I'm joking, right? You know I'm just joking around. That's what he'll say, right? Okay, but let's say right now he hit me, right? I'm mad at him. So, so you tell him. You tell him. I have 10 seconds. I have to smile and say I love him. Or I'm thinking no, I didn't say say you love him. I think you should go That's over to he him. He forces me. I think that you should. I know he does. I think you should go over to him afterwards. Not for Shah's Misa. And you have to tell him. It really bothers me. Please don't do that. Not Bishas Misa. You have to tell him, please don't do that. When he's when he's not in his one of his performances, I call it. He has performances. But I'll be embarrassed to tell him that. Do it privately. Even privately I'll be embarrassed. You shouldn't be embarrassed. It's your right. It's your right. It's your right. You have to tell him. You're a ninth grader. You're a Ben Torah. You have to stand up for yourself. Not with chutzpah, but it's your right. And you're not allowed to let it happen. Not allowed to let somebody hit you. If you don't like it, and if it's bothering you, you can't. Whether... Other kids take it as a joke or not, and, and he has his, his, his way, and he says, this is my shita, this is my mahalach, whatever it is. If it doesn't work for you, you must tell him. I'll tell you why. Because I, I, he's not a bad guy, and if he knew that he was bothering you, he wouldn't want to do it. He thinks in his way, this is his way of reaching kids. But if he knows that he's turning you off, he would not do it. Okay, so next time he hits me, I tell him, uh, hello, Rebbe, um, I don't feel comfortable when you hit me. I feel very embarrassed. Yes, please don't do it. I, I, would, say, I would say not next time. Tomorrow morning or tomorrow when he comes right. to the rabbi. This is right. Tomorrow, tomorrow you're getting the rabbi. Listen, rabbi, I really, really thought mm -hmm. about it. What? Do you think I should call? Do you think I should call him or tell him? I think you could call him. I think you can call him. You can call him. Listen, the rabbi. I know. I know that it's uh, it's you, very important for me. It's my life. I just I cannot I cannot continue like this. It's something that really embarrasses me and painful for me. You really really hurt me with this. It's not even not. It's not even to consider about it. It's very important also that you throw in there, and you. I'm sure you don't realize it. So I have to tell you. Some people are so dedicated, they don't realize the things that they do. So you have to tell them, you know what? You're a good Rebbe. You care about your Talmidim. And, I, and therefore, I really think you would want to know this. If I was a doctor and I was hurting somebody accidentally, I would want to know. And someone would tell me, you know, you don't realize you're hurting somebody. Say, oh, I don't want to hurt somebody. 
He's not interested in hurting somebody. That's his mahalach. Whether I agree with it or not is a different story. Makes no difference. Doesn't work for you, then he's got to stop with you. And there's nothing wrong with you telling him that. You must. And if he says, where'd you get the idea? If I tell him that, the next time when I do something like that, I'm just going to feel embarrassed. No, he's not going to. He's not going to hit you. Don't do it. Do it tonight, and he won't hit you next time. He'll look at you differently. I should call him tonight. Yeah, call him tonight. And if he asks you where you got the idea, you can tell him Simcha Cohen. Okay. And please tell him Simcha Cohen gave you the idea. And you, you can do it uh, very easy because you, right now we spoke in front of really a lot of people and you have, you're smart. It's a, you sound like a very, very smart, very smart boy. boy and very sensitive. So just tell him it. And I, well, be, beside this, do do try to uh, to put your act a little bit quiet in, in this in the school, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, listen. That, you know, this is the beside. This is that, the side that, 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 that's, it's that. not excuse. No, no, it's not excuse to be. But you know something? You know something? It'll it'll hopefully elevate your relationship with him and he'll have respect for you. I I really would love for you to call me back and tell me how it goes. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Hatzlacha. You're going to be so very much liach. You know why? Should I tell you why? Because most people would say the Rebbe is schlecht, the Rebbe is horrible, the Rebbe is behemoth. You didn't say any of those things. You focused. He's a, he's a very nice guy. He's so so th- for you to have the Yechilis to say that means you're a big Balmidus. Get it. You're a big Balmidus. No if, question. If you could be Ms. Gaber and you could say that this guy is a really nice guy. Most people can be the nicest guy in the world and he hits him. All of a sudden, then the guy is Hitler. You're a you're a Balmidus. You're able to separate. You're able to say, you know what? My Rebbe did something wrong. He's still a good Rebbe. He's still a nice guy. For that reason, everybody makes mistakes. I pray every day. Every day, I ask Hashem, I don't want to make mistakes. And if I do make a mistake, someone should tell me. Every day I ask Hashem in my Birch Shachar. Right? Yes. Okay. Hatzlacha. Future Gadol. Your future Gadol. Okay. Have a good night. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi there. I have a teacher. He's a little, I don't know, weird. He, he, gives, he gives me a few times attention for nothing. I don't know what attention, to do. Attention or detention? They don't do anything. They uh, can't do anything. Attention or detention? Detention. Detention. What happens when you go to detention? I told the uh, I told the principal he can't do anything. Why can't he do anything? I don't know. He said he's going to talk to him. Well, what what is it? Wait, I'm sure that I'm sure that you're not getting detention because you're breathing. Is there something specific that you're doing? 
He messes up with other kids a lot. I don't know. What grade are you in? Fourth. So in fourth grade, I think that you can walk over to the Rebbe quietly and say, I really want to stop getting this detention. What do you recommend I do? And then he'll probably tell you what it is that you need to do. I call in number 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Okay, I think you should tell, tell you, Rebbe, what, what do I need? To, wait, wait. I don't want to get detention. What do you need me to do? See what he says. I, I told him that. He doesn't care. I didn't ask whether he cares. Tell, tell me what I need to stop doing in order to stop getting detention. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. My name is Ayam Wachaya, and my teacher, he's really mean, like, sometimes he would make funny jokes, and without laughing, he would, like, give a sign 200, 300 times. And it's really annoying. I don't do anything, but he still gives me a 200-time assignment. To the whole class? Yes, to the whole class. Wow, okay. He must have a very, very serious reason for doing that. But generally, if a Rebbe gives assignment to the whole class, he must have a very, very uh, big reason. Um, I, would, I would tell my parents and have them find out what the reason is, okay? I am. I told my parents, because today, today we're having PTA. I told my parents. My mother said that if, if she's going to speak, if she's going to be able to speak to him, she'll speak to him. But when, um, my mother already called my teacher, and my teacher said, okay, but he just lessened it 100 times less. So he just he still makes funny jokes, and he would still get without assignments. I, I hear you. I think that the best route in such a case is for your mother or father to call the teacher and see what See what you can find out. One thing for sure is for you to argue about it is not such a good idea. Because then you're going to become the focus and they're going to look at you and you're going to be a problem. And you don't sound like you're a problem. Okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, you got it. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Me? Yes, you. Hey, um, I'm very afraid of fires because a few, a few years ago there was a manhole across the street. Okay. And since then I've been traumatized. Okay. How old are you? I'm nine. You're nine years old. So one good thing about trauma when you're nine is you have the whole rest of your life to get over it. So I think that, I think that for every time a manhole cover catches on fire. There are a billion of them that don't. So I think you have to tell yourself that what you're reacting to is the fact that you were scared when that happened, but there's nothing to be scared of anymore. And don't be afraid to go near manhole covers. And don't be afraid. You shouldn't be afraid of fires, but they're normal afraid of fires because fire is dangerous. But... How does your trauma from fire affect your everyday? 
Like, um, like I'm scared of like I always like make sure before Shabbos that nothing's like near the fire, like like by the blast. And, like, I think that's a very good idea. I don't think that's something that's so crazy. I know, but like it really like it like I'm crazy scared about it. But you shouldn't be scared because if you are able to make sure that there's nothing by the blech, then there's nothing to worry about. You have to be scared of things that you can't control. If that, if you're scared, but over here you're able to control it, and you can take care of it. But you know what? The bottom line is, these type of accidents happen in very, very extreme situations. And if you're living in a house with adults and you do proper fire precautions, everything should be fine. You don't have to worry. But you have to do proper fire precautions. I agree with all of that. Okay? Okay, thank you so much. Okay, but just think about it and don't be afraid of it. Okay, thank you. You got it. Yes. You know what? Being afraid of something that's scary is okay. To a degree. It's very natural. Very natural. If you don't afraid, you're stupid. People that aren't afraid really scare me. Yeah. That's what really... And you know something? But being afraid means then do what you have to do to protect yourself or to prevent yourself. I know in the army we learn that if you're not afraid, you're stupid. That's right. This is... The, it's, it's dangerous... It's, you can, uh, you know, you can uh, jeopardize other people's life. Which was not, you know, when you don't afraid and you're doing stupid things. But when I started my internship, okay, I was in a room with criminals, 12 of them. And I said to my boss, I'm not afraid. He goes, you have you're to- not, no, he said, now you're not afraid. He goes, now I'm afraid. <laughs> I said, why? Because if you're not afraid, then you're going to do something stupid. You have to respect the situation, and you have to understand. You walk through the wrong neighborhood, you have to respect the situation and protect yourself appropriately and act the right way. Okay, let me tell you a little bit. What happened last two weeks ago? You want to go to back to the... So I wanted to go back that someone misunderstood what I said and I went back and I listened to the archive. And the question is, do we teach children that Rebbeim cannot make mistakes? And if we tell children that Rebbeis need to know certain things and we need to tell them if they... And we have to inform them that that's putting down a Rebbe. To me, that's an extremely dangerous thing. Children need to know that Rebbe's are human. Some of them are superhuman. But if a Rebbe, the worst thing in the world is if a Rebbe doesn't know what. What's going on? And someone you know, doesn't I, I, tell. I want, I want to. I, let, let's change the word. And the rabbis want word, to one know. One word. One word. Uh, let's change one word. Instead, the rabbi, a teacher, educator, or person. 
you know, it doesn't matter what field you are. It doesn't matter where you are. We talk about fear now, about... Mentoring this. adults. Exactly. This, you know, if somebody doesn't know his limitation, and Sadiq Shulokta, we know this from, from our sages, from our Chachamim. My, such a thing. You know what? My favorite, I, I, have a, I have a thing that I wrote on my blog, that I have a blog called Feeling God. That's the name of my blog. Oh, yeah. I haven't written on it in a long time. Maybe I'll start. The most important word to me, the most important word in the English dictionary is the word why. If we would ask why, then it could change everything in life. Just ask why. There's always a why. Why someone does something. Why someone said something. It at least gives insight and understanding as to what's going on. You know, there's a very famous story. This guy brings in five kids into a pediatrician's office. They're all over the place disrupting and making a mess. And, and, and they're making everybody crazy. And this one woman is sitting there. And she's, she's getting all upset. And she wants to go over and she wants to yell at the guy and say, would you control your kids? And then she hears the guy go over to the secretary and say, how much longer? So she says, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. We'll take you in right away. So she hears the conversation. The man's wife just died. He says, I've never taken care of my kids all at once. I don't know what to do with them. We just came from their mother's funeral. How much longer? Here's a woman sitting there. She's ready to go down on this guy, scream at him because you don't control your kids. If she just asks why, the whole picture changes. When a kid misbehaves, even when a teacher misbehaves, you have to ask why. That doesn't change the results. But what it does do is it puts the Rahmanut into the picture. And the Asarat in Harugei Machut were killed because the deen of the Shvatim was not with Rahmanut. They didn't have, they didn't feel bad about it. And if they would have understood why, they probably would have come to the same Psak deen. It was a Beit deen. But they would have felt bad because they would have understood why it would have been a different din. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. How are I, you? Well, two sisters, and we always fight. Yeah, what can we do about it? Well, what do you fight about? That whenever we talk, we just always end up arguing. Okay. Do you ever say, I hate you? Um, most times. Okay, do you mean it? Well, do you really mean it, or do you mean I hate what you say, or I can't stand no, you? No, I just hate what she says. Right. So I give you a bracha that Mir Hashem, for many, 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 many years, you should, you should fight and love each other and enjoy each other's simchas and argue and and have always have what to say to each other. Amen. Amen. And also, like, whenever we start arguing, we always start fighting with hands and feet. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Stop. You'll get married. Your husbands won't let you hit each other. Okay. Okay? 
But oh, you know what? You the worst thing in the world is when two sisters don't look at each other. Right, you're right. That means that you don't, that they don't care about each other. Right. Okay. I, I tell you, when I see my so kids. So now I really love my sister. All right. Bingo. <laughs> I see my love kids. Thank you so much. You got Thank it. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. You know, my kids, when the kids fight together, I see like a, like a cubs, you know, like the, yeah. you know, the cubs, you know, that fighting, you know, just also funny. It, 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 Sometimes it's, it's annoying, but it's, it's funny. But it's funny. Okay. <laughs> How you're on the air? Hello? Hello? Hi, how are you? Welcome. What's on your mind? Okay, quiet. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we continue. And uh, I, will, I tell you, I tell you what happened in, uh, this afternoon. I got some kind of phone call about a, a kid that been thrown out from school. Oh, yeah. And you know, I said like this: it's no rachmanut, and it's not give a credit to a kid, especially you know in the teenagers. And I'm so upset about it. I'm really upset because uh, people don't understand the people behind the desk. They understand what they can do. If you want to get to take out the kids out of the school, please find another another solution. When I hear this, I come from the standpoint of the kid. When I hear, and I could tell you 1,000% across the board, I've never met a kid as tough as he looks, as tough as she looks, and no matter how much you may think she doesn't care, Kicking a kid out of the school is mamash, mamash, ritzicha. Ritzicha, come. And you know something? That doesn't mean that some kids should be in every school. But there are ways of transitioning kids into other schools. I had a kid who was really, really trouble, and two times. I asked Sheila from Rav Shach, because my principal's brother was one of the Rosh Hashanah of Rav Shach. We asked a question about whether we had to keep the kid in school, what to do. Rav Shach said, keep him until you find him another place. And I had this kid living in my office. He couldn't go to class. He was my assistant. He was the biggest pain in my neck for three weeks until I got to school to take him. But for him to stay home at home and feel like everybody else is in school? It, it, it's, it's a matter of the rejection, you know? The feeling nobody likes to be rejected. It's you such know, a horrible thing. teacher i'd like to say something if a rebbe or a teacher 
I don't like no rabbi. No rabbi. A teacher. A teacher. No rabbi. Okay. If an educator is not capable of managing a population that has diverse student body, then I question their vocation. Then they should be specialists and they should be educators of specific type of children. It's the it's educator's job to make sure that no child gets sacrificed by another child. And if you feel that that's the case, then you have expert decision makers. In surgery, if you have a decision, you have to lose one thing to sacrifice one thing to save another. So that's a medical decision. Do we remove the kidney in order to save this? It's a decision. Yes. But that is the job. And you know what? I can tell you in my kids' schools, they're experts at it. So many different diverse kids. And there was one kid in my son's class who was deaf. And he was a little... And I met him four weeks ago. He remembered my wife. He walked over and said, Mrs. Cole, remember me? I was in your son's class 10 years ago. Yes. And, he, and he was a man. She was a beautiful adult. Khalila, if a kid gets rejected... Radio. Hello, you're on there. Hi, you're on the air. Yes. You were talking about, you know, uh, throwing out a child from school. Yes. Well, sometimes the school, you know... They want, they're thinking of accepting a child into school. So they're not sure. So they tell the parent, you know, uh, listen, you know, I'll make a condition. If the Rebbe or Mora or um, a teacher finds it okay, you know, it's so fine. But if they see that it's, it's not working out, so then, you know, uh, I, then they'll, you know, they'll have to go. That's the condition. So I know the, the Rebbe will say, listen here, you don't want to take him into school. That is your business. But once he's in my class, I don't. Ha I, I I'll never send him out. Right. Because I I have the Christ to keep him. And once you send him in my class, he is mine to keep, and I will never ever send him out. So you make that decision before you put him into my class. You know, you're so right. You're so right. You know something? It's not only that, but in my school, we made some major mistakes. Sometimes we accepted kids we shouldn't accept, and we went bent over backwards for the kid. Then someone else came to admit the kid, their new kid into school. They said, but what about that kid? So you know what? That kid's our kid. He belongs to us. And so we're going to do whatever we can, but we can't afford to do that for a new kid, to take out a new project, because he'll get your kid will get better somewhere else. But you're right. It's a very important thing, because the Nakuda is rejection. The Nikuda, and I can tell you, or a story, or a story. I can tell you, I am not a young man, and I was rejected from a school when I was 14 years old, and I don't even have the ability to talk about it. And it's more than 30 years later, 40 years later. I can't talk about it. The feeling has never left me. And... It took me many, many, many years. I can tell you the year that I forgave 
the Rebbeim when I was 45. I carried their names in my pocket for over seven months because I thought about it. It came to me, and, and I'm a very stable guy. But to feel rejected and to take a kid and to tell them that you're not worth anything, Hashem doesn't do that to anybody. To anybody. Okay. Appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's it's it really it's so. This is my this is my this is my fire. You know, I, that's exactly my fire. You know, I, I cannot understand it. I cannot how people, person, a Jewish, I know, a Jewish person can do it. I cannot understand. I can tell you a story. My 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 principal, who, my principal. We had a, a rule in my school. I'm going to say his name because I love him. He's a very special guy. Rav Simcha Klor from Ruach Chaim. He had a rule in yeshiva. If he came without tzitzit, then you couldn't come in the building. And this kid was a sensitive kid. He didn't have a way to get home to get tzitzit. He was standing outside the building. So Rabbi Klor walked with him from Avenue Z and 26th to Avenue T and East 3rd. It was a hot day. Walked. I said, go get your tzitzit. Come in, so because I don't want you walking alone. I want you to understand how important it is for me for you to get tzitzit. He came back. He was half dead. He drank like three Cokes. <laughs> but I met this kid in Acapulco 25 years later. He reminded me he reminded me that that not to reject him, I'm with you, but Sa'ar, and I want you to learn. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, good, good night. Good evening. Good evening. I get in Chaydesh. Good Chaydesh. It's a very, very, very valid point that you're discussing tonight that's about rejection, and it's a problem in our community because there are it's December now and there is a girls school that was closed the beginning of the year and high school there are still kids that are misplaced so to speak these are high school girls and they're making a mockery out of some of these kids they're it's, giving it's, them an interview and I'm not going to say which school it is and they're saying, oh, your child doesn't belong here. We only agreed to give you an interview because we were forced into doing this. And they say this in front of the child. Aye. So you, may, you can imagine how these, these children, young adults, fail when they're put into this position. Aye. And unfortunately, they want to question religion at this right. point, as and, you and, can understand. And, and, and Why you, should so I be you, religious? So you, so you have to understand something. I'm going to interrupt you. Please forgive me. But what we need to do is we need to head off that thing that you just said. And we need to tell them that not every mora, not every teacher, not every adult represents religion. Absolutely. And, 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 and they have to understand what? the rejection you from here. You need to tell them Clothing does not make the person. If a person wears pants, I know a lot of people that wear pants that do a lot of chesed 
that the people that, that wear skirts would be envious of them. You're 100% right. And you know what? Just because somebody's wearing pants or not covering their hair does not make them less of a person. 100%. You have to know the person internally, and don't judge a book by its cover. That's all I'm saying to the 100%. other one. 100%. And if somebody's wearing pants, or somebody is not covering the, their head. It's not your business. I can you're tell not, you 100. You're not the I could, I can tell you 100 percent that some of the most beautiful, beautiful Jews I know don't dress in conformity with 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 the way. This way it goes because everybody has a din v'cheshev with Hashem. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. It's uh, the time is really Our flying. Time Thank flew. <coughs> we'll just conclude. We're just yeah, going to conclude. And, uh, we could talk about it another, you know, another. Uh, we should years, have a show you know, just so about this. It's already, it's already like six years that we are really pounding on this issue, and I, I, I really hope that sometimes people pen, getting into the brain. Unfortunately, the good schools, the good school, it doesn't have such, such a good funding. You know, it's not PR. Not fortunately, we we saw that you had such close. Uh, last year, and in other schools, were, you know, closed. But this is some kind of so school that really we need it in the air. I think that it's not fair to take, for example, an elementary kids that raised up in the la in eight and nine years. You know, certain school take these kids eight and nine years, and when they come to the high school, they don't allow them in. Don't allow them in. This is unfair. This is this is nevat daat. And if you parents. can't, if you can't raise the kids in your school to qualify for your high school, you then you're the doing school. something wrong. Exactly. Close the school and don't give me this uh, the story about this. I'm telling you, it's it's very upsetting. I'm, I'm I tell you, I did something that's really burning in my, in me inside. And as you say, and this lady called. Uh, she said about, uh, we call you the just because we're forced to be. Uh, interview. I tell you, I had the interview, and the lady, so-called lady, told me, "Mr. and Mrs. Lazari, you are not you are not the parents belong to this school." Ugh. I said, "You are not the principal that belong to my children." Can I, I'm going to tell one story before I go. There's a school that has a reputation of being a very snotty school and saying comments like that. So I went for interview, and. It didn't go well. I was very unimpressed with the principal. So I called him the next day. I said, hi, this is Silka Cohen. I want to, I want to say something. She says, oh, let me go check your status because you're on a decision list. We're deciding. So we, we have a pros and cons. It's going to take us like another day to come to a decision on your acceptance. <laughs> I said, actually... I called up to tell you, I'm so sorry, I'm rejecting your school. Yeah. <laughs> she said, what? I said, I'm rejecting your school. Thank you so much. You don't fit my criteria. That's, that's, the, yeah, you know, that's the, the time, you know. If the Gvirim will listen to this here and just put the pressure on some kind of... Uh, and Be'ezat Hashem, okay. We'll All thank right. You, thank you, Sim. Thank you, Rabbi Doctor Simcha Cohen. Just Simcha Cohen. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you, we, Rabbi uh, Doctor Nisim. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> okay. And thank you, everybody. Have a good week. Good. Thank you. And if you see a problem, so speak about it. Jewish Radio Experience. Tune into J Root Radio.